Thanks for checking out the Indie Handshake Wrestling Podcast. My name is Paul Ponte. I am joined today by a graduate of Creative Pro Wrestler Academy. Uh, the answer to your prayers, Ariella Nix. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Um, I'm happy to have you on here. I know, uh, you know, we don't have to wear masks when we're talking over Zoom, which is nice. Right. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> yes. Unless, you know, you're talking to a luchador, in which case... They're going to have a mask on regardless. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I want to get started off uh, with a little bit of your background and how you got into wrestling. Um, well, I grew up as a fan. I was watching it with my dad at like four or five years old. So I've always been a fan. Then maybe like seven, eight years ago, just started going to like indie shows in my neighborhood. And that's when I started getting the itch like, hey, I kind of want to do this and try it and see where it goes and you know, I have no idea where it's going to take me, but if anything, it'll get me a little bit better shape. <laughs> and then I just ran with it. So. And what was your first impression of an indie show after seeing, you know, WWE at the time? Um, I love that it was more intimate, um, you know, smaller crowd. Everybody can like see, you know, if you, you know, when you go to WWE, they usually have like large venues. So if you're up in the nosebleeds, it's hard to see. So I loved that you could be close no matter what. You know, a lot of the indie wrestlers, they come out and greet fans, you know, they want to sell merch. So it was cool to get to meet a lot of people at the same time too. So I really like that aspect of it. You know, it, it is always different when you see people that are not, you know, larger than life as they are on television, right? Yeah. And uh, how did you uh, find out about Creative Pro and how did you get involved with them? Um, well, I had taken my hiatus around 2016 going into 2017. When I came back, I was training in Jersey for a little bit and I wanted something closer and, um, um, what's the word? Like, sorry, I'm like blanking right now. Just some, like, you know, I wanted, like, I hate to say it this way, but a better place to train. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've known about Creator Pro for a while. I have some friends that train there. I had went to a seminar there once a long time ago. Everybody knows who Pat Buck and Brian Myers are. So went and checked it out and it was just a great environment. So sold from there. Did you go in? I, I was, I'm always curious about this. Did you go in knowing what kind of style you wanted to do or, and did that change as you started training when you start learning about, you know, what wrestling actually is in the ring? Um, I had no idea. I just went in kind of blind. I figured I wouldn't be a high flyer. I'm not, I can't be doing all those kind of flips and stuff. I wish I could. <laughs> so I knew that wasn't going to be my style, but I really had no idea. <laughs> You know, right now is a good time to be a women, uh, rest, oh, excuse me, a women's wrestler because the wrestling boom for women's wrestling recently happened. They finally started taking it seriously on WWE television. And because of that, it's trickled down to the indies. Indies has always been stronger than WWE and women's wrestling, but now it's even more prevalent. Uh, but you, do, I've noticed that you have done some intergender matches as well, intergender tag and stuff like that. How do you feel about uh, the way that's gone and... Uh, you know, intergender tags or intergender matches. Some say it's not for everyone. What's your opinion on the whole thing? Um, I personally like them. I train with mostly men anyway. So I love, you know, getting to work with everybody. There's so many talented people and I don't want to be hindered. Like, oh, I can't wrestle that person because he's a guy, you know. Um, and I get why certain people don't like it. And, you know, if it's not for you, that's totally fine. But, you know, I hate, you know, everybody's been arguing lately. It's domestic violence. It's this, it's that. I don't see it that way at all, you know. There's different types of wrestling. So, you know, if that one's not for you, then just watch what you like. Yeah. I mean, I had Ruby Rays on here and, you know, I, I dare anyone to tell Ruby Rays to her face that she's not tough enough to take on a dude. That's right. <laughs> I think men are just like insecure. They don't want to see a woman. <laughs> yeah. But other people bring up the, you know, similar points of 
hey, we saw Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show. Yeah. You know, our, our, if we're going to treat wrestling as if it's all real, then congrats. Either, you know, Ming slash Haku can just beat everyone. He should be world champion even yeah. now. And he's in his 50s. So, you know, right. <laughs> You know, Ken Shamrock should be the biggest star in the history of WWE, but that's not the way it works because yeah, it's not it's it's still a show. It's show exactly. business, you know, regardless of how physical it is, it's still, you know, a lot of show business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also know know that you did some uh, WWE extra work, uh, some yes. of the tryout stuff there. So I'm curious as to how that comes about. Um, let's start at the beginning of that as far as, you know, the weird minutia of it. Like, how do you find out about it? How do you get reached out? Uh, who tells you about it, that kind of thing? Um, well, for me, um, Pat and, well, now Pat is still a WWE producer. You know, Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins, he was on the roster. So he's the one that got me and a bunch of others to do it. So for me, it was just kind of like, hey, you know, email, um, I got you extra work for this day. Just email this person, get in touch with them. You have to fill out like a physical, get like your blood work done. So you have to do all that before you get there. Then when you get there, it's like, you know, you see the doctor, just make sure that you're physically okay, just in case that they do need you to do something physical, like a wrestle or break up a brawl, something like that. So for me, it was was really simple just because of who my trainer was. Um, For anybody that doesn't have that access, I know they have a website, I can't think of it offhand, where you could fill out like a profile. And if they are in your area and they need extra people, they will reach out. Okay. And how did you find the, the experience? Did you, uh, you know, it, it is kind of weird, you know, you, you step into the palace, quote unquote, and you just get like a taste. So how was that? Oh, it was surreal. Um, the very first time I did it was um, Evolution, and which fell on my birthday. So it was like the best birthday gift ever. Just to, like, I didn't do anything on the show, but just getting, you know, to be behind the scenes. I grew up in wrestling, grew up watching WWE. So just getting to be a part of it and seeing what it's like from the backstage side was just surreal. And uh, I heard you mention on another podcast, I did some research. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you were happy, like everyone there was very friendly. Everyone there said hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you surprised by that aspect? Did you think, oh, this is going to be, everyone's going to be busy and not really wanting to. Yeah. Like I was, you know, you're just walking by, everybody's like, Hey, Hey. And I'm like, say hi to me. <laughs> like, You know, like not that I expect the people to be rude or anything, but like you said, you know, you're busy, especially like on a pay-per-view day or something like that. You know, you're just trying to get what you got to get done. You're all over the place, but everybody was pretty friendly. And, you know, I've had conversations with people like saying catering and stuff like that. So, you know, if they have, like, if you have the chance, you can try to talk to some people if they're not too busy and most are pretty open. So everyone who goes there, raves about the catering yes <laughs> so is is it all it's cracked up to be definitely they have a bunch of everything you know even if you have like a like specific diet you'll find something that you like and it's just food all day long you get there and you're just eating all day all day <laughs> <laughs> see that's all it, i always say like wrestling uh wrestling is kind of like this weird second childhood you get you know like you're on the road with people, you have like you're you're all crammed in a hotel room. Sometimes you get like sleepovers, basically, and then like stuff like this where you're just like, "Ooh, there's a bunch of stuff. I get I get some goodies, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. The catering is a plus. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a little bit of the road trip stuff, uh, have you done have you done any, have you had a chance to do that? You know, cram into a car with a bunch of other workers and do that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, 
I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel some places. Um, when I was with House of Glory, we had a couple of shows up in Toronto. So we had like a big bus that took us up there. And um, I've you know, been booked with different friends and other talent. And we'll you know, meet up, however, and ride down to whatever place. So the car rides are always a good time. Any interesting road stories or incidents along the way? Um, nothing crazy that I can think of right away. Um, yeah, we've been fortunate. I've heard some people get into like accidents and stuff like that. Thank God I've never experienced that. But um, yeah, I can't think of anything crazy like right offhand. And when you're going to different promotions, you know, how did you find the whole locker room aspect? You know, there's the, there's the whole, you know, everyone talks about the locker room etiquette, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the way you talk to certain people, veterans, especially that kind of thing. So how'd you find, you know, going from a place you're used to where you kind of know a lot of the people there to going to a new federation where there's a bunch of people you're just meeting? Um, it's a little awkward, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm very quiet and kind of to myself and shy when I don't know people. So, you know, make sure to try to go say hi to everybody. You know, you don't want to be rude. But, you know, then it's just kind of like, oh, I don't really know anybody. What am I going to do? And, you know, but luckily it works out. You know, everybody's there to do the same thing. And, you know, just start making conversation with people. And, you know, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool. I haven't really had any issues in the locker room, fortunately. You know, you hear stories all the time. I've been very lucky and grateful for that. You know, so like I said, it can be a little awkward, especially if you don't know anybody. But, you know, they're all there to do the same thing. So. And have you had any uh, feedback from like any veterans or anything like after matches, any good advice that they've given you? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've been lucky to have been booked with some people, some, you know, a lot of times they don't get to watch all the matches. They're getting ready for their own stuff. So, you know, I try to ask if people are around, but you know, half the time you can't, you don't get to see other people's matches. So it can be hard to get like advice from people sometimes. True. Any business advice though? Sometimes, you know, wrestlers always tell you, you know, it's a good good idea to put put out this kind of merch, good idea to, you know, work these kinds of shows, that kind of thing. Any fun Um, stuff like that? Oh, you mentioned merch. I know somebody said, a few people have said, you know, try to have everything at like every price point. You know, like somebody that's like, you know, maybe a little kid wants to come up, only has like a dollar or something like that. Like, so if you want to like really sell merch, try to have something in every price point. So I'm thinking about that stuff too. And um, you know, just have like the proper etiquette, you know, like we said before, just go say hi to everybody in the locker room and, you know, just try to be somebody you don't want to get a reputation where you're like hard to work with and stuff like that. So just, you know, being cordial to everybody. And have you had any weird surprises as far as that? Like, you know, you hear, oh, somebody tells you, oh, this person's really hard to work with. Then you meet them and you find out, oh, no, they're totally fine. I don't know what this person was talking about. Um, hmm. I don't know. I was like nice surprises in wrestling. You know what I mean? I was like when yeah, people are like, exactly. oh, this per- you know, this person sucks. And you're like, no, they're, they're not bad at all. I don't know what you're talking they're about. Not bad like, at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't think of it. I know. I'm like, I'm so bad at this today. I'm oh, like, no, no, no worries. <laughs> um, no, so, everybody I've worked with, I'm trying to think of anybody if I've heard bad stuff, but nobody's coming to mind at the moment. So, so let's know. take it back a little bit to, to starting training. Uh, you're watching on TV, you decide I'm going to start training wrestling. You get in the ring. What's the first, you know, shocking moment of your training when, once you start getting in the ring and working on it? Um, how hard everything is. Even the simple role, learning how to bump, doing um, a lockup, the simple basic stuff that you work on those first few weeks. I remember like the roles, I was just struggling. The first day I was sore for like four days after. <laughs> so just even just the basic stuff, you know, like all these talented wrestlers on TV make it look so easy. And, you know, not that I thought it was going to be super easy, but I was like, wow, I can't even roll. 
<laughs> well, wrestling stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, uh, you've been in the business, what, six years, five years? Yeah. Going on six now with the hiatus in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even that's relatively short for like wrestling. You know, most wrestlers, they're not really great or in their prime until they're, you know, pushing almost 40. And it's kind of crazy the way the business works. It's not like other sports where, you know, your 20s are when you're at your best. And then everything mm-hmm. after that is kind of like, oh, like, you know, yeah. there's because you got to learn all the stuff that goes with it. Uh, and how did you take uh, when they started teaching you, you know, now that you're taking bumps, you're learning moves, you're like, okay, I got this. And now they're like, hey, by the way, there's a thing called ring psychology uh, yep. that you actually got to, you know, so what was your impression of that once that started getting in your brain there? Um, I've always loved psychology. Like I love when a, a match really has good psychology, not just things thrown together. So that's like my favorite part. And that's something I always try to incorporate in my matches. Like I want to tell a story. I want things to make sense. And so that part I love. And uh, how was the learning curve about on it though? Like, did you take to it immediately or did you kind of, did you struggle a bit? Like how was the, the, learn, the I learning took process? to that pretty well. Like psychology, I feel is one of my stronger suits. Okay. So you were like, the role was tough, but once they told you why you should do the role, you're like, I got it now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get why, you know, just doing it is the hard part. I get why to do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh. And uh, what besides wrestling, what do you like to do creatively? What do you enjoy as far as, you know, to get your brain working, especially during these times, you know, when we're stuck at home a lot? Right. Um, well, I work in TV, um, I shoot jobs, so very into like the TV producing. Um, so that takes up a lot of my time watching different shows, you know, catching up what's going on and, you know, working to get my job better. And, um, you know, like I've used to read a lot. I haven't been reading as much, but now that we have more time, I'm like, all right, I got to get back into reading and stuff like that. Just come up with different ideas and stuff like that. So I've bought more books during quarantine. Can't say I've, can't say I've read more. Yeah. See, I bought one, I bought like two and I still haven't read this. So I'm (laughs) in the same boat. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, well, this looks good. It's on sale on Amazon. Perfect. Get in the mail. All right, cool. Put it right on the shelf and just, Right. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you checked out any wrestling books? Um, yeah, not recently, but yeah. I know I, I read like Jericho's first book. I had Mick Foley's book. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's somebody else. I know my mind is fried today. I'm sorry, but I have read a few in the past. Nothing of recent though. Yeah, I, I checked out, I've checked out both of those. I checked out China's book, actually. It was like, mm-hmm. weird enough, it was at like the dollar store or something. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll read it. I mean, it's a dollar. Gotcha. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. It's kind of yeah. sad. There's some sad stuff in there, but. Gotcha. Yeah, her story is pretty crazy, so I can imagine. Yeah, it's, there's a, talk about, you know, getting to the heights of wrestling when, you know, what are they doing? Brawn panty matches. And she's like, actually a wrestler. And yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I'm so glad to like we're just away from that nonsense now because it was just me too. Yeah. It's tough to go back and because I have the WWE network and it's tough to go back and watch some of that stuff. It's just like mm-hmm. so over the top. Yeah. And like Jerry Lawler screaming the whole time. And it's just like, oh what, is, what is such a mess? <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely a different time. That's why, like, when I grow, grew up, like, I never saw myself as a wrestler because, you know, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I was like, I yeah. love the sport, but I'm like, mm, bra panty. I don't want to be on TV and half naked. No. Yeah. And nobody. So like wrestling was actually like legit for women. I'm like, now I kind of want to get into, you know. 
Yeah, I'm sure none of those women was ever like watching the TV and was just like, man, I really want to kiss Vince McMahon's ass on live television. Yeah, like, exactly. I would love to do That's that. That's nobody's would... goal. Yeah. <laughs> when you're working, uh, you know, your regular job in wrestling, has there been times when, you know, one impacts the other when, you know, I mean, time is time is finite. You know, you 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 got to do your job. You got to pay the bills. You got to do all that. So are there any opportunities that you missed out on either end? because of the other um there was like one time i had to turn down extra work because i couldn't get off work for it but i mean it was fine it was you know i had done it enough times it was like right before the new year so i couldn't get off for it um but luckily for the most like my job is pretty cool like if i need to take off for a show you know as long as my manager's there because like she's the one that covers me when i'm out so um you know for the most part it's been pretty good it's just sometimes working late like i don't get to training as much as i should you know, like by the time I get home, my class is already half over trying to get from the Bronx to Long Island. So that part, you know, so it does hinder it a little bit in that sense. But So what's the indie scene like in New York? I've, I've never been to an indie show there. I'm from California. Uh, so what, what's the indie scene like over there? How many like is there, is there a lot of promotions? I'm assuming there are. But yeah, a lot of them run more in Jersey than New York, just because um the state commission's very strict in New York, New York City. So mm. a lot of people will run in Jersey just because it's a lot easier to, but it's pretty strong. There's a lot of promotions, there's a lot of talent. There's shows like every weekend, multiple, you have like your choice of what you want to do for the most part. So I would say there's a lot, you know, I said a lot of them will run in like Northern Jersey more just because it's easier. Okay. But it's close enough to get to from New York City. Yeah, I know. Um... One of the other people I interviewed, uh, Luke Hawks, he's in uh, Louisiana, he's in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, great guy. And uh, and like when WWE went took took WrestleMania there and all these promotions from around the country wanted to run shows at WrestleMania weekend, obviously, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you have to like have a wrestling like license. Like you have to mm-hmm. be for there. So then everyone was hitting him up to like use his license, basically. Like, yeah. And yeah, they you, were you know. pretty strict. Like, I know that that's one of the few states where wrestlers need a license and you have to get blood. I remember getting blood work just in case. I was like, you know, hopefully I could get booked down there. But it wasn't even a lot going on compared to, like, other states just because they're a lot more strict. Yeah, there's, they have to have their blood work every time they go. They show up at a match in case mm-hmm. the commissioner person's there. They got to, like, show it to them and everything. It's it's pretty intense. And I've heard New York is like that. That's why a lot of... uh a lot of times they talked about uh, WCW, like, oh, how come you guys never tried to run like Madison Square Garden? And they're like, you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to run a Madison Square Garden? <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. But um, yeah, it's very strict. There's always a doctor on site. I think you need to have like an ambulance there. Like, I don't, I forget the logistics, but, and you can't run past like 11 o'clock, I think. And there's a lot. It's, mm. it's really a mess. Like for talent, it's not too bad. You know, you just see the doctor before the show, they check your blood pressure and just make sure you're okay type of thing. But I know like on the back end, trying to run the show is a nightmare. I remember uh, one time I went to a indie show here. It was in uh, like an abandoned storage container okay. in like a field. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, now I'm just like thinking about that in my head while you're talking about like, Oh, you got to make sure you have an ambulance there. Like all the, these guys barely had like power. <laughs> it was just like, this is, <laughs> it was like so ridiculously crazy. Right. And then, like, somebody accidentally hit the light switch, the one light switch, and mm-hmm. they, they had, like, power save lights, so it took 20 minutes to power them back up. Oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you had any sketchy uh, indie shows you've, you've worked? 
Um, yeah, there's been a few kind of just like you said, just kind of in a rundown place, barely any locker room to change, barely a bathroom, you know, like you said, the lights on and off, just, you know, very hole in the wall type. I've been to a couple of those. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure those make for, you know, great stories though. When you're like, you know, when you're in there with other wrestlers, you're kind of in it together. You're like, this is funny. This is, yeah. this is ridiculous. Like we've done this before. We could do it again. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite uh, road buddy? I don't know. Um, I ride with um this dude Jokai Hokai a lot. Like he does a lot of the gifs. You might have seen him on Twitter. Like he's pretty well known just for like gifing wrestling. Me and him ride together a lot because we live in the same borough. So and he always needs a ride. So he's like hitting me. <laughs> um, he's one of my like coolest friends in wrestling. So I enjoy riding with him a lot. Very nice. I, I always feel like you know you need a. Uh... So some regulars that you're like, okay, I know this person's not going to do any crazy nonsense while we're, you know, this guy's not going to start flossing his teeth in the middle of the ride or something like that. Oh my God, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> some nonsense, you know, nope. tell me about entrance music choice. Tell me why, 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 what is your entrance music and why'd you pick it? Um, the song is called high heels by this group downstate. And it's just like about a tough, badass woman. And I love the beat. Like it just, you know, it just be sassy and chill. And so I feel like that's suitable to my character. It just gets me hype walking to the ring. So I just feel like it suited me perfectly in my character. Okay. And is that, uh, did that character come easily to you? You mentioned a little bit that you were, you, that you're kind of shy when it comes to meeting new people. Mm -hmm. So, but when you come to the ring, you know, you're the answer to their prayers. You're, yeah. you know, you, you flip your hair, you're walking in. I see, I've watched your matches. So, <laughs> so, you know, how, how is it, you know, amping yourself up to be a character in the ring um I mean, sometimes it can be rough you know you just gotta really get in the zone i'm always i won't lie I, i'm always nervous going out before a match and you know you just want everything to go well and go safe so you know i just gotta think like, i'm ariella i'm the boss you know um so in putting like my character together i was like you know gotta be the big heel the bitchy heel and it's funny like i've you know told people before that I came up with this character is because like people see me that way if they don't know me. Like I've heard so many times like, oh, I thought you were a bitch, but like, oh, you're not cool. And it's like, and I think that's because I'm like shy and awkward when I don't know people. So they read that the wrong way. So I like kind of built my character off that. I'm like, just be like, you know, you got it in you, girl. <laughs> and um what is, uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, uh, you, your dad like wrestling. And so how does the family feel about you actually being a wrestler? My dad loves it. Mom is kind of, you know, just being a mom, just worried and stuff. Like she knows it makes me happy. And like, she's come out a few times, but you know, she just, you know, worried. And my dad gets a little worried too, but he's just like, Hey, that's my daughter. Like everything. Like he comments all my Facebook posts and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, he's more excited about it than she is. <laughs> So your dad, you mentioned your dad watch, uh, watching wrestling with you. And then now he's going out to shows. So that's pretty dope. I think that's yes. pretty cool. Uh, but what about like, you know, you mentioned work being pretty cool with you doing it as well. But, you know, do you get any sick from workers? Like, oh, here comes a pro wrestler coming in here. Like, what's, what, 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 is they, what do they think about it? Have, they, have your coworkers ever come out to see you wrestle? Um, they haven't come out. Um... You know, a lot of it is just like, you know, like shows are not local enough for them to really come. Um, I mean, they're pretty supportive. Like, you know, they'll every now and then like, oh, she's a wrestler. Oh, she's a wrestler or whatever. They'll joke around. I'll beat somebody up or something like that. Um, but they're pretty cool about it. And, you know, some of them have like my um, wrestling Facebook added 
as a friend and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're pretty cool about it. Working for Creator Pro, uh, you know, you've had some matches with like Chris Statlander, uh, who's now on AEW. Great for her. I think she's fantastic talent. Yes, uh, she is. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're working at Creator Pro and you see people, you know, that were there make it on television and stuff, do you feel like there's more pressure or less pressure that way? Like, do you think, oh, like people might actually take notice of what I'm doing? And is that, you know what I mean? Does that does that give you more pressure or less pressure? Definitely more. Um, you know, it's inspiring at the same time. It's like, okay, you know, um, there are goals that you really can achieve, but at the same time, it is a lot of pressure, especially that there's not a lot of women in Creator Pro. So now that Chris is gone, it's kind of like, oh, you're the top girl now. And now I feel like, all right, that it's going to be like, oh, Chris is so great. Ariel is eh. Like, you know, like I don't, <laughs> so, you know, I've got to like, you know, try to get on her level and stuff like that. So, you know, it's hard, but, um, you know, very happy for her. Like she deserves the world. So, you know, it is a lot of pressure, though. So, like, now I got to live up to the hype. (laughs) And uh, with uh, some of the more veteran guys, I know we already kind of talked a little bit about uh, advice from them. But what about your actual trainers? What what do they say as far as, like, you know, uh, what kind of advice do they give you regularly that you're like, okay, this is something that I hope that I cling on to, something that I, like, I repeat to myself to go, okay, this is, like, motivational maybe or something, you know, just anything that, that sticks out in your mind. I mean, they always, like, you know, like, they always help me out in training, like, you know, oh, think of it this way, so that way, you know, like, you could do this correctly, and because I know a lot of times, like, for me, like, I'm always in my head overthinking, it's just like, you know, kind of live in the moment, just enjoy it, like, you love wrestling, so just enjoy it, don't, you know, you don't have to overthink certain things, and, you know, that's just something I try to, like, keep in my head, because it's like, I overthink everything, so, you know, just keep that, live in the moment, live in the moment. There you go, yeah, I think when you're, pretty much anything if you think too much you're gonna stumble it's it's one of those Mm -hmm. things you know you got to get your mind kind of cleared which is a little tough when you know you have to remember you know the finish to a match or something like that (laughs) and then not overthink it at the same time and my brain is just over analytical and stuff so it's hard (laughs) are you more of a you know prepare a lot of stuff beforehand a lot of spots beforehand or are you more call it in the ring um i usually am more prepared you know, to have an idea, like we don't call everything. I mean, you know, it depends on the person and what the storyline is. And, you know, if you work them before and stuff like that, and, you know, I'm still new to the business. So, you know, I still like to prepare more, you know, I've done, you know, matches like at training, like kind of on the fly. So, you know, it helps you build it just like, you know, when you call stuff, sometimes things can go wrong. So you have to know how to cover it without making it obvious to everyone that something went wrong. So, but for me personally, I like to at least prepare a majority of it right now uh we got a segment we like to call take it home now what this means is the booker has ran out he is very upset he's screaming it's time Uh-oh. to take it home i've actually seen this at an indie show a guy screaming <laughs> take the fucking match home from the side of the <laughs> oh ring my God. i've seen this happen and i loved it i can believe it can yeah believe it. uh so i got some rapid fire stuff here for you but rapid fire is in quotes because Feel free to, you know, expand on what any of the questions are. Uh, what is a favorite move or hold that you don't use? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, that's hard. Why is it so hard um, that I don't use? Why am I blanking on this right now? Uh, oh, my God. Um, there, I, you know what? I, I love Pac's, um, his red arrow, black arrow. Oh, okay. 
that's nice. so pretty like just the way he like spins in the air it's so weird because he looks so nervous but mm-hmm. he does it perfect like every time yeah that man like, is so good <laughs> he's just like like he does this weird thing where he's like and you're yeah. like oh my god is this gonna be the time that he messes it? like it's all he could think and then nope he just does it like <laughs> perfect i'm like how how so talented uh We've, you know, wrestling, uh, fans can be rambunctious, uh, especially if there's alcohol at the event, which uh, is a lot of wrestling. No. Uh, any crazy fan interactions during the match? Um, I've heard fans yell, like, derogatory stuff, but, you know, you See, just tune no it fun. out. That's yeah, not it's not. You know, look, I've, you know, luckily I haven't had too crazy, but, you know, there's been a couple where I'm just like, so gross you know yeah. just gotta ignore it and just continue going where was this at and it was in jersey um it's been a couple of places some in jersey it was one in new york and then there was like one time i was wrestling somebody and they were yelling like stuff at her and it was just like i didn't even catch it and then she told me after and i was like i wish i would have heard because i would have fought them instead <laughs> you know i mean it's been all over you know kind of all over but people yeah. are mean sometimes <laughs> yeah it sucks not good not good you know yell the fun stuff you know boo because you're a heel don't exactly don't nonsense, you know yeah, don't <laughs> i don't want you to cheer me if i'm a heel not at yeah. all but, you, you know, know give you know what's wrong with you know the, the you suck just do that you don't need to exactly. you don't need to bring any uh nasty stuff in there it's wrong yeah it's wrong anyway uh, <laughs> besides hurting you what's the worst thing someone could do when you're wrestling them in a match try to mess up on purpose or go off the story and, you know, go into business for themselves. And have you had that happen to you yet? No, thank God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'd hate to tell you this. Uh, I'd hate to, you know, worry you, but yeah. based on some of the people I've talked to who have worked in the business for a while, it's going to happen to you eventually. Statistically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, you know, yeah. you're ready, but you're not ready at the same yeah. time. Like I know it'll happen at some point, but. I've worked with some professional people. Yeah, see, that's good. That's good. I always like when you actually hear good stories out of wrestling because we've we've all heard some bad ones. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you were legitimately surprised by a worker in the ring? I don't know. I'm always, I would say I'm always surprised. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like, it's nice to see people that, like, maybe either I started with or I saw, like, you know, when they first started out and seeing how much they've grown. Um. Yeah, Um. I would say fairly, like some of the people that I train, like some of the newer people that I trained with, seeing how they've grown in the past few months. So, you know, I'm glad to see them continue to grow. And hmm. See, I like how you're always keeping it positive. I appreciate that. I try, you know. Yeah, that's great. You're not like, oh, this one person, uh, they got terrible. <laughs> no, you're like, you're like, no, this person you know, was great. I'm nobody to say anybody's terrible, you know? And like, I just want to be positive. Like, there's yeah. no reason to like be negative on everybody. Like, what's the point? Who are some of the best workers you've you've worked with? Like that you thought not not name wise. I mean, when you worked with them, you were like, "Oh, this person's so crisp, so clean. Everything they're doing, they're not like they're throwing punches, but I'm not even feeling it. Like they're so great at everything they're doing." Um, well, we mentioned Chris earlier. Chris Statlander, she's definitely one of the best right now. Um, I love working with Faye Jackson. We've worked together a few times. Um, Effie's one of my favorites. Um, I had a great match with him and Nick Iggy. Both of them were so good. And like, hopefully I get to work them again. Um, I really liked the match I had with Savannah Stone. She was really great, especially for us, like not really knowing each other and having to put it together kind of last minute almost. So though we had a really good match. Um, 
those are like the first few that come to mind. Okay. So people need to take note, look some of those up, check those out. Let's see. Uh, has a booker tried to stiff you on money? Yeah, I think, yeah, like or one or two times, like when I first started out, either didn't get anything or less than what I was supposed to get. But luckily, I'm working good places that haven't done that to me for the most part. Like I said, a couple that, times in the beginning. The ones that have, I'm not really interested in who did it because why give them any kind of exposure, but what were some, what were the, what were the excuses? What was the, or did they just ignore you? Like I've heard, I've heard, especially some, a lot of times you just magically, they just kind of disappear no matter what, whenever you look for them, they're just yeah, gone. That's pretty much it. It's just kind of like, Oh, where they go or oh, I'll PayPal you or something like that. Like there's been a couple of times where I had to wait and get like PayPal later on or something like that. See, yeah. You're like the third or fourth person that's done the PayPal thing. So they, they say, like, Oh, can I just like PayPal you? Then you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had one place that wrote us checks or whatever. So that was fun. Yeah. And told us to wait a few days to cash them. <laughs> but, you know, I like them a lot. So I'm not trying to shit on them. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that was like the first time working with this specific place. And I was just like, oh, this is random. But every other time it's been cash and it has been no issue. So, yeah, you know, cash is king. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what are some mistakes you made in wrestling, but you learned from them and, you felt like they really, it was like a, like a tipping point that you were like, I made this mistake, but I'm over it. The hurdles, you know, and I'm now moving forward. I feel that a lot when I like watch back on matches or like, if I feel like something's gone wrong in the moment, like I could just feel it and, you know, just try to learn from that. Like, okay, something went wrong, how to learn, how to cover it and things like that. And um, sadly too, like another thing you learn, you know, you can't really trust everybody. You hear that a lot, unfortunately, in the business. So, you know, you be cordial to everybody, but just, you know, always have a little bit of guard. Like some people are not your friend and they will try to bury you behind your back. And it sucks. You know, I met some great people, but you know, you do meet the ones that are just not really your friend and will bury you if they have the chance, especially Mm. if it helps them. Yeah. I always, it's always funny because uh, I met a lot of people like that working in indie wrestling because, because what'll they, what's funny is what they'll do is they'll bury someone else to you. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, if you're telling me this, what are you saying about me when I'm not, <laughs> like, yeah. that's the first it's thing I think you need to like talk about something and there's like a serious issue and you know, you're explaining your side, but then when you're just talking crap about somebody for no reason, then it's like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you get those guys that, uh, you know, it seems to be everyone else's problem. It's always everyone else's fault. You're, they're yeah. like, they're like, oh, I can't believe this guy. And I can't believe that guy. And I can't believe this guy. And, I, and you're like, yeah, at some point, you know, are you going to, if you're driving on the freeway and every car is going the opposite way, are you saying they're all driving the wrong way or are you? Oh, of course. They <laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <sighs> uh, what's the hardest you've laughed at an indie show? Wow. Um, Hardest I've laughed. Hmm. I don't know. I would have to think about that. Okay. Um, go back. Yeah, there's been like a few shows where it's just been a mess from beginning to end. But I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to think of something specific that just made me laugh. But I don't know. I'm blanking. I told you, my brain is fried. Yeah, today. no worries. A mess in what way? How are the shows a mess? Um, just very unorganized. Some of the matches were just off and. Um, starting late and, you know, just nobody sticking to their times and a lot. <laughs> it's a lot from going every, on. Yeah. From every angle, it was a mess, you know. 
you've been traveling around. You've seen uh, a lot of different gimmicks, I'm assuming. What's the worst gimmick you've seen? I saw something where it was like somebody was kind of like a fake Trump supporter or something like that. So that's always awful. Or like there was one that was like a Nazi, you know, those real weird mm. gimmicks I'm not a fan of, you know. Wow. A Nazi gimmick in 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 the 2000s. <laughs> so. Yeah. I remember like at one point it blew up and I don't know if that person still booked at that one place they were working at, but I remember it blowing up about how, you know, bad and awful it was. So yeah, definitely the Nazi gimmick. I don't even remember the guy's name. I just remember it was a Nazi gimmick and somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow. I mean, and it's one thing because WWE's, you know, they've, you know, as, as great of a company they are, they've done some shady gimmicks in the mm-hmm. past. Uh, a lot of them. <laughs> um, but it's one thing to, you know, do it on WWE television where you're like, oh, hey, I'm getting paid. Blah, blah, blah. But now you're talking about like your actual job, hearing about how you dress up like a Nazi. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? And like you chose this, you know, like most of the people that do the bad gimmicks at WWE, it wasn't their choice. You yeah. know, like you chose to do this and thought it would get over because what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm really questioning like his, his circle of friends, you know, yeah. he's like, I got an idea for gimmick. Hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, yeah. and, you know, not one of them was like, no. don't want to, don't want to do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, uh, you know, when you're working indie shows, sometimes you get a lot of, uh, you know, quote unquote, big names on shows, you know, whether they're a little more long in the tooth, maybe their glory days are behind them, or, you know, they're just taking a break from whatever, you know, whatever promotion they're they're working for. Any former WWE, WCW, ECW guys, that kind of thing, they thought they were bigger than the show, thought they were better than the show. They really acted like it. And any situations like that, once again, don't have to mention names, but has that, has that happened? It just doesn't exactly, but the one thing I could think of is being back at Hog and one day Virgil just showed up and wanted to set up a table. He wasn't even booked on the show. <laughs> I remember him just showing up. So, I mean, that's not exactly answering the question, but just for him to be like, think he could be there kind of answers it. Um, I can't think of anything else right away that... You were at the Virgil at the Virgil thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. I always love yeah. a firsthand Virgil account. That's always good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember just showing up. It's like, why was he here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was at a WrestleCon over here, and uh, he wasn't even like, like trying to say hello to people. Like as mm-hmm. people were walking by, he was just like, twenty bucks, twenty yeah. bucks. That's all he said. Just the, just the price. I was like, yeah, all right, exactly. He also, um, another guy who does uh, some of the episodes on this show, he uh, would tape for like public access TV back in the day, uh, wrestling events. And at a, at a promotion called Big Time Wrestling, uh, Vin- Virgil Vincent was booked at the show. And he, so, and he walks up to this kid who's 16 at the time. Okay. And he walks up to him and he goes, he goes, hey, he's like, you're not taping my match, are you? And he's like, what? what? And he goes, yeah, and he goes, Vince McMahon's going to sue you. Vince McMahon's going to sue you if you, t- if you take this match. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, did you, I was like, did you tape the match? And he's all, no. <laughs> it was like, right. I was afraid. I don't blame him, right? He's yeah. 16, you don't know. Like, uh, I just love it. Love Virgil. It's always so much fun. Right. Uh, any pranks or embarrassing stories from your time in the business? 
I'm not big on pranks, so I try to avoid those. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. All right. Fortunately. No yeah, I'm not big on pranks personally, so. Have you, you know. seen other people do them? A couple. You know, people just messing around or, like, they might hide, like, something out of their bag or something. Like, nothing too bad. Okay, that's good. But, you know, people that know each other, so it's, you know, not the end of the world type of thing. There you go. All right. I call this the touchy-feely question. This is your pure joy in wrestling. The thing that gives you goosebumps, the thing that when it happens, whether it be before, during, or after the match, that you're just like, this is why I love the business. This is why I fucking love wrestling. Like, this is it. Um, Just being in front of the crowd and just, like, hearing them cheer, boo, just being into the match, just how passionate they are about wrestling. It's always a good feeling. Like, I love it. I come back. Even if I feel like I did horrible, it's just like, all right, at least the crowd was into it. You know, they cheered, they booed, whatever we wanted them to do, they followed along. So just the crowd being in front of them. Kind of jumping off of that, we ca- we talked about the character. We talked about training. But what about crowd work? How did how did that come to you? You know, was that difficult at first? Or well, how would you, yeah. how did you find your experience? Um, You know, it was a little nerve-wracking. But like, when I started out, I started out as a manager, so, you know, at least I got to feel out the crowd without having to wrestle yet. So, you know, you just learn, you know, how to get them to react and stuff like that. It took a little while. And, you know, again, just especially like my f- very first couple of shows, always nervous. And, you know, you think you're being loud, but you're not really being loud. So just learning how to build your character and make, getting the attention that you need when you need it. And, you know, if you're a manager, getting the attention on your person or whatever it may be. So, I mean, it took a little time, but. You know, being a manager helped out a lot with that. So how was the management experience? Did you, was that always meant to be like a, a stepping stone? Like you're going to be manager first, then you're going to be a wrestler or how, what, you know, how was that experience for you? I loved it. And I still love to manage. Like if I was offered a manager booking, I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, you know, the goal was always to be a wrestler and like managing just kind of was something like I've always been interested in, but I kind of fell into it just because I wasn't ready to wrestle yet. But it was a chance to be on shows. So it was always great for me. I love it. Still would love to do it. You know, even though I am a wrestler now, like I would definitely, like I said, take a booking in a heartbeat. I always like to kind of go to this question. Yeah, wrestling could be physical. Uh, any uh, stiff moments you remember? Any, uh, you know, anything like that? Just has anyone gotten a little snug in the ring? Um, it's been a couple of times, a couple of forearms have hit me like in the jaw instead of the neck, stuff like that. Nothing. Thank God. You know, I've never had any serious injuries. There's been plenty of times where I've had bruises all over. I'm like, I don't even know what I did. Like one time I had like a bruise like this. And I was like, I don't even think I bumped in the match. Like, like, (laughs) you know, so I mean, bruises sore, like I said, just a couple, you know, here instead of here, you know, thank God, nothing serious. And, you know, nothing that I was just like, oh my God, I'm hurt type of thing. And uh, I know I noticed on a different podcast you were on, uh, you talked about, you know, who you'd like to work. You know, I think you mentioned Daniel Ryan being one of them. That's my uh, dream of all, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but who on the indie scene would you like to work? If you were like, if someone was putting together a booking right now, they were like, they're like, who do you want to work? You know, carte blanche, anyone in the indie scene? Um, the first person I always say was Jordan Grace, just because like she's so good, obviously. And I was supposed to wrestle her about two years ago and then the show got canceled. So I never, so it was like knowing that I was going to have the chance and then never got the chance. So she's always going to be first on my list. So hopefully one day that can happen. 
Um, Kylie Ray is another one, like she's so good and she's blowing up all over. So hopefully I get to work her. Um, Shaza McKenzie was another one that I was supposed to wrestle back in April, but then COVID. So she's on my list too. Um, there's so many people. There's like the indie scene is so talented right now. I just give me everybody. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we have reached the end of the interview. I really appreciate you being on the show, Ariella. Uh, please, though, put yourself over. Where can people reach you, get merch, any of that stuff? Um, I have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Ariella Nix. Very simple, my name. And if you want to support and buy some merch, my website is ariellanix.bigcartel.com. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you coming on here and being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun. 